Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, aka Red Sox Dugout, alongside Joey Nagel tonight. How you doing, Joey? Pretty terrible, honestly. Just got eliminated in the final four of my intramural basketball. And uh, you know, side note, the Sox got swept by the Pirates. Yeah, the Sox got swept by the clear World Series favorite Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, I mean, we had no shot. The Pirates are a powerhouse, as everyone knows. Uh, I'll be surprised if they even lose another game this year based on how good they are. Yeah, I mean, hey, we're forgetting that they did win two World Series in the 70s. That's a lot. That More than one? Multiple. That's multiple. multiple. Yeah, like, you know, we went, the 79 champs came into Fenway and they weren't messing around. They showed yeah. why they have that championship pedigree. No, they really showed it. I mean, they have an alien on their team, O'Neill Cruz. That dude is built like he's from another planet. So what did you expect was going to happen? Um, at least, though, the Red Sox did win a series before that. They won their opening series against the Orioles. Let's start there real quick. Um, they lose the first one. It wasn't pretty. Uh, Corey Kluber kind of got lit up. And the Red Sox were down, but they started chipping away. The offense started stringing together some hits and some runs. And they ended up coming back, but they fell just short in game one. Game two, very similar story. Chris Sale gets shelled, gives up biscuits like he's working at uh, Bojangles. And <laughs> um, the offense finds a way to come back in that one. And Adam Duvall walks it off with a two-run homer. Adam Duvall, by the way incredible series he wins al player of the week the dude could not get out um and then they win the last game in the series too so they win two out of three so long ago it feels ages ago and it was just like not even a week ago yeah we were on top of the world when that happened i mean i was ready to run through a wall for this team and then you know first inning against pittsburgh go down what was it two nothing and then boom drop five in the in the bottom of the first and Fenway's rocking, everything's electric. And then from that point on, it was just an, a flat line. All of a sudden there was nothing left out of this team. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the Red Sox scored nine runs in each of their first three games. After that, like you said, they scored five runs in the first inning against the pirates. And then they scored one, two, three runs after that in the next two and eight ninths games. <laughs> yeah. The next 26 innings. Yeah, that's not, not ideal right there. Not no. what you're looking for. Um, I, yeah. So a lot happened, really. Like you said, we're on the top of the world being like, best offense in baseball. Oh, my God. To why can't the offense score a run? Very quickly. Very quickly that happened. Um. So it'll be interesting to see how we do in this upcoming Detroit series, see if the bats kind of straighten themselves out, what the rotation does. Because the rotation was pretty awful. I mean, we talked about Kluber oh, yeah. in the first game, Sale in the second game. Um, was it Houck game three? Houck was decent. Yeah. Houck was, was pretty good. decent. He, gave, he ran into a little trouble, but ultimately it was just one inning where he didn't have it. Yeah, but, and then and then Cutter like Crawford the was not good. And Nick Pavetta was actually very good. I wouldn't say very good. He was the Solid. best out of all the starts we've seen so far. Yeah. Um, Corey Kluber today, though, looked a lot better than he did in game one. He only allowed one run, I believe. Yep. Yeah, one. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. 
Um, he got pulled after 67 pitches. Um, not a, not I, whatever. Not great. Not not ideal. No, I mean the problem is the home runs too. Fenway turned into yeah. Yankee Stadium for for a couple days. I saw one of the beat reporters compared it to when the Red Sox and Yankees played in London. And yeah, it was just a slugfest. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like for a while. Yeah. I like to forget about those London games. That was so stupid. What did they think having a 370-foot center field? What did they think was going to happen? That was wild. What was that first game, like 18, 17 or something like that? Something stupid. Um, all right, so let's let's dive into it here. What are we feeling okay about? What are we worried about um, <clears throat> after these two series? I feel like it's pretty simple. Um, I feel good about the, the top five of the lineup. The bottom four, not so much, plus the rotation. So I would say the top half of the lineup and the bullpen, I feel great about, especially the bullpen. The bullpen is fantastic thus far. Bottom four of the lineup and the starters, not great. And in that bottom four, I'm including Tristan Casas. Even though he had a pretty, he, he had a better day today. I was just, I don't know. He's gotten off to a bit of a slow start this season. He's swinging through some pitches that he should be hitting. No, I I agree. I think, um, you're right with the top five. Like Verdugo has been great. Devers is Rafael Devers. Turner's been getting hits. Um, Yoshida's kind of been mixed. Um, he's been pretty good, but he's also had moments where. He kind of keeps grounding out a lot, and yeah. he struck out a little more than I was expecting so far, too. Kind of considering I was expecting him to never strike out ever. Um, yeah, but, I mean, the past couple of days he hasn't really driven the ball. He hit that home run, and that was about the end of it. Yeah, I mean that that home run made you feel good though, because it showed the kind of natural, uh, easy power he has. Like you flip wrists, and it's opposite field out of the stadium, or he had that swing that was kind of like one handed into the triangle at Fenway. So that's pretty impressive right there. You can feel good about that. Um, I'm not worried about him. I, he's doing all right, and I think he's going to continue to be the guy that we think he is. Yeah, um, and like I give him the cold weather pass because they yeah. play indoors in Japan. And after opening day when it was like 40 degrees out, he was like, I've never been so cold in my life. So, you know, I, I give him a little bit of a pass. He's probably not the most comfortable right now. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I feel like some people are probably gonna have a problem with this, but I give that pass to a lot of these players. Like baseball is not meant to be played when it's 40 degrees. When you yeah. can't feel your hands in a sport where hand-eye coordination is huge and, and fine hand movements are very key, that's, that's going to cause problems. And I think like you've had guys who have played in that cold before. Devers has been here. He's played in it. Um, Duvall has been around the league, like whatever. And, but you have some of the other guys like Casas. I don't know how much he's played in the cold. Yoshida obviously hasn't. Um, so when you kind of consider those factors, it makes sense. Like I'm not, I'm not going to freak out. I'm still optimistic about this team. I still think they're going to surprise people. I think that you can't, obviously you can't judge a season based off the first six games because it's baseball and so much can change. But on top of that, it's just been so um, unusually cold for this sport that I personally don't really weigh anything that's happening in this weather um i know people will say well it was cold for pittsburgh too they weren't playing in florida weather yeah true but whatever like 
it's still cold for us too. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. Continuing what we're go- going with though, Duvall, like he's doing fine. And then you get into the guys like Casas. He hasn't been great. Um, Yu Chang is pretty much useless. Marmel Tapia, I'm kind of out on. Uh, Arroyo has not done anything. Connor Wong has not done anything. So yeah, you kind of do fall off a cliff there. Yeah. Um, like the thing that really stands out to begin the season is I'm not loving the play out of both of our catchers right now. Like I know we kind of know what Reese McGuire is. He's a very solid player. I, I think if he was a backup, like he'd be great on this team. And he almost had an incredible moment today with that home run that he had for about two seconds. But I, I don't know, like he's given up a lot of stolen bases and I know that that's on the pitcher too, especially with that Baltimore series, but like on these stolen bases, he's not even throwing down, which I have a little bit of a problem with. And then last night drops strike three, it's a pass ball runner reaches. Next thing you know, go ahead home run for Pittsburgh. Uh, You know, they're just, they're not doing themselves any favors. We knew that this part of the roster was going to be a, a weaker part, but it's just it's a lot of small errors that are very avoidable. And then on Connor Wong's side, I haven't seen anything out of him yet. He has one hit. It was a double that he just squeaked down the line. Like I haven't seen him hit a ball hard yet, which is a little concerning given the power that he showed at the end of last year. Um, you know, I'm hoping for him to turn a page too, because right now, like he's an easy out in the lineup. And I don't like Reese McGuire, I don't know what's going on behind the plate, but he's a better defender than he should be right now. You mean a worse defender? Worse defender. Yeah. No. Yeah, he's a he's a better defender than what he's displaying right now. Yeah, they, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, no, I mean the the defense behind the plate has been an issue. Like you mentioned the stolen bases, uh Reese McGuire had opponents have gone 12 for 12 in stolen bases against Reese McGuire so far. I'd like to know Last how year, many times he's he's thrown down. Like part, and part of it is on the pitchers too. Like with um who was it? With Brazier against Baltimore. Yeah, the delivery I mean, is slow. He was half yeah, but they were he Brazier wasn't even looking over at the runners. True. They were halfway to second base. So I get it there, but like even on closer ones, Reese it, like he's not getting a handle on the ball. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, stolen bases have been way up across the whole league. Um, so, like, I'm not too concerned in that regard. But the fact that he hasn't thrown out a single guy, and like you said, he's not even throwing down a lot of the time, is not great. Because, like, it was embarrassing at one point in that Baltimore series when they were just running all over us. And it happened a little bit in this Pittsburgh series, too. That Like, the their other teams are taking advantage, and they're running freely around the bases, which is something you really have to try to limit. But... Beyond the the stolen bases, the catching defense also hasn't been that great. Um, beyond that, I think one one thing that I've noticed is part of the reason why Red Sox starting pitchers have been giving up a lot of homers is I think the pitch calling to some degree. I think a lot of the pitches are kind of ending up over the middle of the plate. And yeah, that's on the pitcher missing spots. But I think also a significant portion is pitch calling and, and calling a game. And so that has me a little concerned too. Um, I don't, I don't really know how Reese McGuire has been as a, a game caller in his career, but I haven't been too impressed so far. 
Um, cause he'll set up middle of the plate too. And it'll be a fastball down the middle. So yeah. that kind of shows that it's not like they were trying to aim outside and the pitcher missed the spot. Like that's what they were going for some of the time. Yeah. Um, and obviously Connor Wong has been, has received a lot of praise from the pitching staff over the past couple of years about his ability to, to call a game. But like we touched on, I mean, he, he's non-existent with the bat right now. And I, and we might be overblowing it for six games, but you know, I think of a guy like Jorge Alfaro where, yeah, he's not a great defender, but he has a good arm. He has a good power. He's good power in the bat. Yeah. He strikes out a lot. But what I noticed in this really entire Pittsburgh series is there wasn't a whole lot of energy around the team. And I feel like that's something that Alfaro could bring. I'm not saying that he should be called up right now, but I'm saying that maybe he should have opened on on the roster instead of Wong so that Wong could get those at bats in AAA because he didn't get spring training at bats. He was injured. I, I was a little confused about him making the opening day roster to begin with. I think they just did it to save themselves a 40 man spot, but I think it's interesting. No, I totally agree. And I didn't even think about that until you said it, but yeah, you're right. The Connor Wong did not get spring training at bats. Meanwhile, Jorge Alfaro was catching a lot of games for us and had a really good spring too. So you could argue that he was way more prepared to make it the major league club and start on the team than Wong was, but you're right. The, the 40 man issue is a problem. Um, I think after these six games, there's an easy solution to that 40 man problem though. Get rid of Ryan Brazier and Caleb Ort. That, that'd be a great start because they are just rocks weighing us down in the ocean, making us drown. They're useless. And I, there is nothing worse than on opening day when oh. we're already losing and seeing Ryan Brazier come running out of the bullpen. And then Caleb Ort also pitched in that game. So it's just like, we, we were talking about it, how it was just like a, someone wrote a script to like our worst nightmare and then we were watching it unfold in front of us. Yeah. Um, and then you go to the end of the game and guess what? That's the difference in the game. Bringing in yeah. Brazier and Ort is exactly what cost you. Yeah, you lost by and one Ryan run. Brazier, that was embarrassing. Seeing Jorge Mateo halfway to second base while he's still <laughs> holding the ball. People are like, step off, and Brazier's just like just throws it. He has head yeah. cocked. He's like, oh my God. It was it's just embarrassing. And like I will give Caleb Or a like if I had to pick my poison and keep one of them, I'm keeping Ort right now, as crazy as that sounds. Because at least I think he's slightly more competent than Ryan Brazier is. I could be I totally mean, wrong. It's hard because Ryan Brazier is like the bottom of the barrel, like the lowest you can get. So if you're saying he's better than the worst player ever, then technically, yes, true. Um, but he's not no, much better. I, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess but, you're right. I guess he is slightly better, but look, I mean, the problem with this team isn't the bullpen. I no I outside. You take those two right guys now. out, the bullpen has been awesome. Jo shout out Josh Winkowski has been incredible for us. He's had six innings um, of relief before Corey Kluber pitched today. Winkowski was leading the Red Sox pitching staff in innings pitched. Um, so that's that's, that's awesome. Yeah, Chris yeah. Martin has been great for us. John Schreiber's been pretty good. Kenley um, throwing 97 out of nowhere. Yeah. I didn't think he could throw that hard anymore. He's an old man, but he's out there bringing it, which is great. He got himself a win. Um, mm -hmm. I'm excited for his first save. That'll be fun. Big 
like a huge shout out to Josh Winkowski too, because I think, I think the Sox might've found what his role is on this team. Like when he's a starter, yeah, he's got to save himself and he takes something off of that fastball or the sinker so he can throw it more. But now that he's out of the bullpen, he's throwing 96 power sinkers and it's nasty. Yeah. No, the, the guy that I'm seeing come out of the bullpen feels totally different than the guy I saw trying to start games for us. And he's got that mustache working for him. I'm loving him out of the bullpen. And I hope they keep him in that role because it's working for him. And yeah, us, I it's working for the Sox too. Starting are over. I, I hope they are because he's 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 a positive asset in this bullpen for sure. Yeah, I mean, that reminds me, as we talk about the rotation being bad, you have to remember that you have Garrett Whitlock, Brian Bayo, and James Paxton all injured and coming back. So your whole rotation is going to be revamped with those guys. And that's going to, yeah, the bullpen has been good, but it's going to bolster the bullpen even more. As we talked about in the past, once you get Tanner Houck in that bullpen, he's going to be electric. Cutter Crawford, I think, is really going to work well in that bullpen. So that's another reason why I'm I'm more optimistic after this, <laughs> this loss to the Pirates is you have guys like that coming back. And it's not just anyone coming back. It's one of your best pitchers in Garrett Whitlock. It's a young stud prospect who has a lot of potential in Brian Bayo. And it's James, James Paxton. Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, I don't know what he's going to do, but he's here. And he's a guy that we're talking about. Um, but yeah, I, it was already promising too that Corey Kluber had a much better start after having a pretty rough first start. So it'll be interesting to see how Chris Sale does tomorrow because that's, that's your guy. That's the guy that you really need to step it up and be dominant and he just was not at all in his last start so that'll be key tomorrow how he does against the tigers absolutely and tomorrow's start is a big opportunity for him because we know how bad the tigers are their lineup they don't do much if anything and camerica's they move the fences in but it's still a pitcher's park like this should be an opportunity for sale to really throw up a, a nice quality start um, yeah, plus he's not at Fenway, so that pressure of being like amongst the fans isn't there, which yeah, I guess for him could be good or bad, good or bad, but he's gonna he just got to get his work in against the Tigers tomorrow, and it's a it's a must win game if you're the Sox, and I I still feel confident with him on the mound for sure, and I think he knows that. I think that's part of what drives him to be as good of a pitcher as he is, he knows he's an ace and he knows that every time he's out there, his team needs to win the ball game. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's also um, even more of a must win game tomorrow because for whatever reason, we have another mid series day off. We have Friday off. And so it'll be much better going into that off day, feeling good with a win than it would be going into that off day four straight losses. So I think again, early in the season. Yeah. But it would be really huge to have a win tomorrow and go into the off day feeling good. Yep. And, like, it's it's disappointing already. You had a chance to beat up on a bad team that, well, sorry, the 1979 World Series champion Pirates. But the Tigers aren't much Powerhouse. better. It's probably worse. So this this is a team that you got to take advantage of. And you got to get these early season wins out of the way because we know how the Sox are when they don't start well. In 2019, that West Coast trip ruined the entire season. Yep. And uh, 2021, they got swept by the Orioles, but then they rebounded right away and started winning. Last year, they were 10 and 19. Uh, April's an important month for this team, for sure. Like when when the weather heats up, a lot of other teams are going to start playing well. So that's when you got to get yourself out in front. 
Yeah, um, I don't know what it is with this team, but it seems like something's just off. Like they're a little like out of focus or something. They're not focused because the defense today was very sloppy. Yeah, um, the defense it reminded me of, was not of good. last year in September when the, everyone on the team had just given up. Yeah, and, and there's been some bad at bats where you're missing. You get a fastball right down the middle and you're not swinging or you're yeah. swinging right through it. And it's just a lot of different instances where I feel like they just need to lock in and really get their head into it. Yeah. Uh, after after that first inning on Monday, when um, who was it pitching? Was it was that Cutter? I think it was. Yeah, it was. Yep. yep. Well, I been. mean that 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 game was sloppy too. We forget about that. The three runs in the first inning were scored because Devers dropped the pop up. That's right. And I, when those things happen. It can demoralize a team, and I think we saw that because the past couple of days, the entire Pirates series, really, they were just flat. There was no life. You and especially with this pitch clock, it can when it rains, it pours. Because if a pitcher's out there throwing strikes, all of a sudden it's o two in the blink of an eye. There's two outs in the inning in a blink of an eye, and it kind of snowballs from that. I think that's that's something that I noticed about the pitch clock too. Like when a game moves fast like that. And every time you can, if a guy reaches base, you you look up and there's already two outs. Yeah. It, it's something that can definitely get to a team. And I I we need the new leadership in this locker room to really, I think, change the direction this is going. Yeah, they need a little wake up call um, from a leader. It's interesting to me how it seems like the kind of problems that the Red Sox identified and tried hard to address this offseason seem to kind of be the things kind of biting us. One yeah. big thing for them was they wanted to really limit the walks. Um, and they got a bunch of starting pitchers who don't walk people. Like, Corey Kluber does not walk people. And walks have been kind of an issue for starters. Another thing they tried to address was defense. They tried to get better defensively, and defense has been a problem so far. And it they, they, try, and they try to get on base, guys. Um, and getting on base has been a problem so far, at least in the Pittsburgh series. So that's good and bad in my mind is bad because it's, it's against what you tried to do, but it's also not as bad for me because I don't think it's going to last because you specifically tried to address those problems and got guys that, that are improvements in those areas. They're not going to stay this way forever. And so I really do think maybe I'm too optimistic as just a fan, but I really do think that this isn't going to last and they're going to kind of figure it out um, and balance it out. I mean, we felt great after those two games in the Baltimore series. So yeah. I I don't know. I'm not I'm not sounding the alarm yet. I'm not panicked. <laughs> Six games into the season. Yeah. I mean, we got 156 to go, but my goodness, these past three have been depressing. That's the thing. That's the what I tried to avoid this year is last year when they lo- lost, it was just was so painful and hard to watch and grueling. And I was like, I don't care if you make the playoffs this year. Just be better to watch, easier to watch. And these games were not easier to watch. They were painful to watch. It felt like last year, just watching them drop pop-ups and strand the bases loaded and make all these little small mistakes and mental errors and watching Ryan Brazier have everybody run around him. It's just not enjoyable to watch. And honestly, I don't even care if they start winning games. Just start not losing as bad. 
Yeah, play, please play go better. out there and have fun. Make it look like you're having fun. Show some energy. Yeah, I feel like they haven't shown any energy. Like you said, it's just they're just dead right now. Maybe we should be overreacting. Maybe we should just be tearing them apart. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> On the bright side, uh, speaking of enjoyable watch, the pitch clock has done wonders. I Love The way it. that we're getting through baseball games, you're not losing any action. You're getting more action, and it's just happening faster, which is great for someone with a short attention span like myself. So I'm, I'm loving the pitch clock. Sandy Alcantara with the Marlins pitched a complete game in an hour and 57 minutes. Full nine-inning baseball game in an hour 57. That's pretty incredible right there. Um, yeah, so, yeah, awesome. I, I'm loving everything that the pitch clock's doing. For the I'm loving the no shift, too. Yeah, I that's awesome, that, too. Yeah. I love that singles are sexy again and station-to-station station baseball is back. That's when the – and when the Sox were going, when they were scoring nine runs a game, they weren't relying on home runs either. They were – guys were getting on base one after yeah. another. In the first game, they scored nine runs without a home run. It's just a bunch of guys who get on base, hit singles, hit doubles. That's the kind of team the this team can be. And when they don't get on base, they don't hit singles. It's kind of ugly, but yeah, I expect better things. It's yeah. nice when you have an offense that has, I think this offense does have a little bit of killer in- instinct. When they get guys on base and they know a pitcher's struggling, they're going to take advantage of it. They're going to punish you. Oh, yeah. Things happen. Um, I do want to talk about Adam Duvall a little bit more and give him his run because he really has been incredible to start the season. The, the He only hit extra base hits. It was insane. I recently started getting into advanced analytics a little bit, and his wins created plus, WRC plus. So league average is 100, right? His was 400. That's insane. That just shows how insane he was. Um, and again, he won AL Player of the Week. He hit that walk-off homer. He was hitting homers. He was hitting doubles. He was hitting triples. And Garrett pegged him as a guy that was going to surprise this year. This year, I didn't really even think about it. Um, but so far, he's shown that he can be kind of our, our main source of power. And that's great with a team, like you said, we're not really a power-oriented team. It's an on-base-oriented team. So having a guy who can get those extra base hits and drive the ball deep and out of the ballpark is huge. And he's also a veteran guy who's been around. He's won World Series. So it's it's good to have him here and kind of showing that he's actually going to be a productive player. Yeah, and he loves the monster already. That's a great sign. He's built and for this I gotta, ballpark. I got to say, that walk-off home run was one of the – it had to be more fun than any Red Sox moment last season for sure. Already, that, yeah. That was electric because when that pop-up got dropped in left field, I I had I had already turned my head away. I thought the game was over. Well, my it friend, should have been. That's the thing. It was a routine pop fly to left field, and the dude just whiffs on it. That was it should have been over. It was dark out, too. It's not like the sun was <laughs> in his eyes or anything. And then I, I literally couldn't believe it. The first thing I said was, make him pay. Make him and pay. He did. And Adam Duvall just launched the ball. That was unbelievable. That was the most happy I've been. That was like one of the best Sox moments since probably the Grand Slam in the ALCS against the Astros. That it was just electric. And as much hate as we give Dave O'Brien for being, <laughs> I was just born, gonna say, it was a heck of a call. And also shout out to Yuke. 
I'm I'm loving Uke in the booth. Fun guy. Yeah, no, I like him in the booth too. I think that um, he's really funny and he provides great insight. And I think it's also funny how he'll bring up stuff and Dave O'Brien has no clue what he's talking about. Like he referenced yeah. um, the arson judge thing. When John Heyman tweeted that Aaron Judge was signing with the Giants and he misspelled it to say arson, he mentioned that, and that just went right over Dave O'Brien's head, um, yeah. which was funny. But you're right. That was an electric call all around. I think another thing that made it really cool was that kind of, that was our first display of the new Fenway lights. How do you feel oh, about yeah. that? Because that has, been, that has been controversial in some ways. Some people are like, I hate the lights. It's just excessive. What are they doing that for? I love them. I, I love, love the it. lights. Fenway's a nightclub now. Whenever guys <laughs> are getting home runs, they just turn on the strobes, and I love it. It's awesome. Like that, you see that ball go out of the ballpark, and the lights just go out, and then they're like strobe lighting around while he's running around the bases. It's awesome. I think it's super fun. I can't wait to be at a game when someone hits a hits a homer on a, on a walk off. It's got to be unreal too. I know that a lot of teams have been doing it. Like we're not original with that, but I think it's super fun. Oh, the yeah. Woo Sox in Worcester, they were doing that. I remember I went to a couple games and they would do the lights like that. And I thought it was super cool. It, it, it kind of, it's just another part. Um, another thing that makes the baseball game an entertainment, like an event, mm -hmm. um, which I think is great. Like I, I love, um, I love all, I know there's people that are like, they're changing the game. Baseball is a historic game. It can still be historic. And you can still have fun, cool little things like that. Like, I don't think it's going to ruin um, the integrity of the game or whatever the history. It's, it's lights. Like, let's, let's relax here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm loving it. I mean, when that happened, like, the vibes could not be higher. I was, I was loving life. That was so cool. I can't wait. I can't wait for that to that, just. That better not have been the peak of our season. <laughs> I hope not. I really hope not. Oh my god. Yeah, that was awesome though. Um yeah. a few things I want to talk about outside of the Red Sox now that the season's gotten going. Jeffrey Springs. What? He's 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 Clayton Kershaw. So for those who, who may not remember, Jeffrey Springs, he was a a relief pitcher, a lefty relief pitcher that we had. Um when was it? Twenty twenty? Twenty twenty. Yeah, we, we use him as an opener a little bit. He was not good. He was like, garbage. Not. He was awful. We, we definitely bashed him on this pod. Oh, for sure. I did not like him because he was he was definitely clowned for sure. And then we traded him and Chris Mazza to the Rays for Ronaldo Hernandez, who was just like a minor league catcher at this point, like kind of a prospect, but he's nah, a minor leaguer. Not really. Not at he's this a, point, yeah. He's, yeah, he's um, a triple-A guy. And now with whatever magic they have going on in Tampa, Jeffrey Springs is just insane at pitching. He went out um, in his first start of the season and he struck out 12 guys. Jeffrey Springs. He, six no-hit innings, 12 punch-outs. Like, what are we doing here? What happened? <laughs> what kind of magic potion did they give him? Because that, that dude... Whoever was pitching on that mound with Springs on the last as the last name on the back of the jersey in Tampa was not the same guy pitching in Boston. That is not what Wait. he was like with us. I don't know what they did to him, but it's it's wild to see that. He's Wait, the Red Sox weren't his first team. I thought he came up no, with No, he was with he Texas? 
Texas, yeah. yeah. So in 16 games in 2020, 20 innings, uh, 708 ERA. Mm. He gave up, okay, five home runs in 20 innings, seven walks, 28 strikeouts, seven. Like, okay, he's garbage. He was bad. He was bad. And then last year with Tampa, he made thir- he made 25 starts, 135 innings pitched. He had a 246 ERA. <laughs> How? 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 How does that happen? How? Didn't he get like an extension with them too? I think he did. That's crazy, man. How old is he? 30. He's 30. It's not even like he's young and discovering himself. Like this is I know. He he was he was like He was a bum. There's no other way to put it. He was he was a like crappy major league player for a guy who ri- like he was giving up a touchdown a game for the 2020 Sox, which I guess wasn't hard to do because we uh, might yeah, kick true. Him. Remember, but him? like my kick him, wow, kick Patowski. Yeah, I try to forget that year, honestly. Yeah, um, me too. That didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm baffled, bamboozled. I have no words for whatever Jeffrey Springs has become. Um, I wish that Heim Bloom brought that Tampa Magic with him and he could do that to our pitchers. But it's not looking like it so far. Um, did, did not happen last year. Unless you count Rich Hill, who wasn't even that good. How is he still playing baseball, by the way? They showed him in the Pirates dugout. Like, he could be, like, those players' dad. Yeah. Like he, and he, yeah. it seems like he's hurting himself when he pitches. Like he's up there going, <laughs> it's like he should be playing slow pitch softball with a bunch of like beer league dads. I mean, at this he, point. he he does he does slow pitch. True, true. He's already doing it just in the big leagues. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to talk about. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see Xander Bogarts's quote? Um, on was it? Yeah, MLB Network the other day. Yeah. He was talking about his decision to leave the Red Sox, and he was just kind of pretty straight up where he kind of, at the beginning of that season, just did not believe that he was coming back, and like, he didn't think that he was kind of respected um, by the organization, and he kind of does not look back now that he's with the Padres. Um, he's not, I, he's not wrong. Here. That's that's the best way I can put it. He's not wrong, but... It, it it hurts to hear it, and he's tearing it up already. He is. Don Orsillo invented a new phrase, San Diego. Yeah, yeah. it hurts. It hurts. Yeah, I was going to say I don't blame him. I feel like the Red Sox did not respect him I don't need the negotiations. Yeah. Like, this is something we're not going to spend too much time on because we really spent a lot of time talking about it on this podcast. All of Boston, every podcast, sports radio show, TV show, all they talked about for – multiple years was Xander Bogarts and the contract extensions and are the Red Sox going to extend them? What's going to happen? Are they going to offer him a real deal? You heard all the different reports coming out and blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, the Red Sox did not really give him fair offers along the way. And honestly, good for him. I'm glad that he's happy in San Diego, San Diego crushing. Wow. I'm glad he's happy in San Diego crushing and making millions of dollars. So he's a great dude and he deserves every bit of it. And, um, I like the Padres. I I kind of am like a fan at this point. Yeah, they're cool. The one game I watched them play, they lost 
to the Diamondbacks and look kind of bad. Um, maybe I'm the problem. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Once I get out to a Red Sox game at Fenway, that'll really show because I've not had a good um, track record with going to Red Sox games. I remember very notably we were we were winning by one run. I think that was last year, maybe the year before. We are winning by one run against the Angels, and then we ended up losing by like six. Like we we're in the ninth inning. We we're yeah. two outs, up by one, about to win, and then we lost by six. <laughs> Jake Diekman, yeah. I remember, blew that pretty bad. And then went to extra innings and we yeah. just got shelled. So I like to we'll forget see. about Jake Diekman too. Yeah. That should have gone better than it did. But that that that's an example of where Heim Bloom should I guess Diekman was actually good before that. Yeah, he was. Matt Strom. You see, he he's another started, guy. He started against the Yankees yesterday, and I thought he, he was going to get absolutely shelled, and then he ended up, what did he go out there, throw like five shutout innings? I think it was four, Unreal. but yeah. Four? Yeah. Whatever it was, yeah. I mean, maybe what, that's what are the we issue. Doing here? What are we doing here? He's a guy, again, who was a reliever with us and went to another team and started. So maybe we just got to make our reliever. Yo, we should make Ryan Brazier a starter, and he's just going to be insane. Are we on to something there? That would be the highest scoring game in MLB history. Imagine, though. Imagine if we put Ryan Brazier, we, we stretched him out, and you had him pitching six innings. Imagine him with a Jeffrey Spring start where he goes six with 12 punchies. Yeah, you know, if you, you know... <laughs> Tilt your head, squint your eyes, shave his beard. He kind of looks like Justin Verlander. <laughs> I don't know about that. I yeah, mean, no, not at all. Unless he gets like hit by a bus and his face is reconstructed with plastic, I don't think he looks like Verlander. Yeah, no, not at all. Maybe he looks like a loser. He looks like the homeless guy outside 7-Eleven that holds the door for you. He, <laughs> he looks like <laughs> he looks like the guy who talks to himself. Like the guy that's like sitting in the corner on the bus or like just yeah, in a like, store just like talking to himself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think he does on the mound probably. He's just like, ah. ah yeah. I don't even know if he speaks English. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all my non like baseball watching friends, my friends who don't really watch sports, they're always like, "Why are you so mean to this guy?" Because I hate him. He's ruining. Yeah. he's ruining no, my I life. To put it, <laughs> I hate him. No, you don't. Yeah, yeah I do. I, I do. I really do. He's been in my hair for five years, and I can't get rid of him. He has been here way too long. Way too That's long. Crazy. Like, how many people are left from that 2018 World Series team? It's Chris Sale, Rafael Devers, and Ryan Brazier. That's a, that's a crime right there, that he's one of the three guys left. That's awful. Wow. Yeah. But... If you want to go see him pitch, then SeatGeek is the place for you because SeatGeek has the best tickets at the best prices for all sports, concert shows, and more. And they make buying ticket tickets 
easy by grading your ticket price so you're never getting the best deal and they provide a view from your seat so you can get the perfect seats to any event like Red Sox games and you can get 20 whole dollars off your first purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code DUGOUT. D-U-G-O-U-T. Get out there, folks. Go to a Sox game. Go see yeah. the lights. Go see... Uh, go buy like a, a $13 beer and get some chicken tenders and fries for another 30 bucks. But it's you okay because you saved 20 bucks with SeatGeek, so... You see, today was the lowest attendance... Um, at Fenway since 2000. I did see that, and it makes total sense because yeah. it was 40 degrees and gross out, and it was a 1 p.m. game on a Wednesday. So I almost went. I almost went today because tickets were like eight bucks. I'm sure because no one would. I wouldn't want to go to that game. I, I, on SeatGeek, if you get two of them, they pay you four dollars. Not really, but. Uh yeah. No, I don't think we can say that. No, no, we can't say that. <laughs> we can't guarantee those rates. Sorry. Yeah, get three um, of them for four dollars. Yeah, there you go. That's sure. Something yeah. like that. See. Yeah. No. Today, I today would have been such an awful game to go to because of the conditions and the fact that they played an awful game too. Like it would have been one of those games where, like, why did I even go? Like, I yeah, feel like I need a they, refund. Why did I lose two points on my attendance grade for this? <laughs> It's not worth it, man. It's not, it's not worth, worth it. it. I would rather have those two points. I'd rather sit in the class and go to that game for sure. Are we concerned about Masataki Yoshida's defense after he made that bad play today? Yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, whatever. I, I really, we know he's not going to be an amazing defender, but like, I as long as he's better than Hanley, I'll take it. He's yeah, that's a pretty low bar. What's Hanley doing? We need him on this team right now to fire us up. The last we heard of him, he was involved with the FBI. What? Do you remember that? It happened during the 2018 season. That sounds kind of familiar, but I don't remember what it was. Some dude got raided by the FBI, and he had Hanley's number in his contacts, and he like FaceTimed him, and Hanley answered with like oh, yeah. agents on the other side. Yeah, he just dragged his friend. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. That's crazy. That was 2018. That was the same year that he was actually he was on the team earlier that year and he got a ring. Yeah, he got DFA'd at the end of April. Yeah. And then that happened. Wow. You see how fat Pablo Sandoval is? Oh my god, his his neck his chin and his neck have become one. He's just a circle with legs. Oh my god, I hate him. I yeah. hate him. Yeah. I was watching some MLB highlights today, and one of Pablo Sandoval came up, and I was like, look at this idiot. They'll just sneak in sometimes. It's like, ah, oh, jump scare. I, I hate see that Pablo guy. Sandoval. I really do. And he There's hates so us. Yeah, he does. It made me I really actually, I, was, I loved him for a very short period of time. When we first signed him, I went to Sox for a weekend. And I asked him like a question on the press conference. And I was like, who from the Giants are you going to miss the most? Like, what's your teammates? He was like, no one. And then everyone started laughing and clapping. Wow. That was his best a, moment. He's a real meanie. That's what I thought too, though. I was like, good answer. Like, you're happy with the socks, but that's not that's great. Mean. Who are you going to miss the most from your old team? Not a single person. Dude, you were teammates with Buster Posey. He was a great guy. Yeah, you... You you won World Series there. 
Series series is this is there. Was it series is did he he won multiple, right? Two, yeah. And a World Series MVP. That's right. Pigs do fly. And that pig's I remember Pablo. Sorry. Pigs do fly. Um what was it? Oh, my fourth grade librarian was obsessed with Pablo Sandoval. What? Yeah. She used to wear like this giant scarf and was like, I love the panda. <laughs> I love the panda. No. Oh, Tatis is beasting that. down in AAA. Of course he is. Just hit go another Padres. Go, go, uh, what are they called? The Friars? Yeah. The Friars. I was listening. I was when I was watching that Padres game. I was listening to Don Rosillo, and it just you close your eyes for a second, and it just brings you back to like a a summer afternoon in like 2013. It's just great. Yeah, I miss Don. I I only listen to him late at night. You know those West Coast games. Late at night, you get lonely and you throw on MLB <laughs> Network, and it's the Padres, and you hear Don takes you back. Yeah, those witching hours when when no one's no one's texting your phone. You're just sitting there in the dark. You're like, let me put on the Padres game. There's Don Orsillo just let me hear you, Don. Talk to me, music to you, (laughs) (laughs) Don. You up? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to fall asleep. Yeah, you'll try fall asleep to Don Orsillo, and then he'll he'll be like, "Welcome to Slam Diego." Driven into a sea of San Diegans. <laughs> Manny Machado. Yeah. <laughs> he is so much fun out there. I'd love to be having as much fun as Don. I would love to be Don Arcillo, man. The Don Taraj, he's out there like he's just catching fish and cooking dinners and making steaks and calling the Padres game and nice 80 degrees sunny weather. What a beautiful life. I'd love to sit in between him and Mark Grant, the the, the color guy at yeah. San Diego. I just love to sit between them, and have a great time. That's a great booth right there. Yeah, love to throw back a couple of beers with them in the booth. They, with they Donnie they, and, and Grant. That should be a thing for West Coast games because like no one's up. They should be a lot <laughs> they, in the should, West Coast. Be, it's normal time. Whatever for the. <laughs> They can have no one's up broadcast. at 7 p.m. in San Diego. Nah, nah, they're nah, they're out eating dinner. They're not watching. They should just, you know, like get crazy. Yeah, Don wouldn't be able to contain himself. He would lose his mind. It'd be <laughs> so. It'd be like whenever um. Him and like Jerry Remy would like it'd be like extra innings and things are getting weird. It'd be just be like that all the time. Yeah, just the giggling and not, <laughs> not talking. He's fighting to say strike one. He's like, <laughs> it's like silent for like two minutes straight. And he's like, strike one. <laughs> Brings me back to the boob grab, man. That's that's an all timer. And the, the bitches fall down. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Dave O'Brien doesn't do that. No, that. no, Dave O'Brien's like, I read a nice book last night. <laughs> this is, I think, this is a real quote. He was like, I, I saw this PBS documentary the other day. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that Yuke's a beer, big beer guy, and he's just like top. He was he mentioned beer in the booth the other day, and then Dave O'Brien. I could just think of Dave being like, "Yeah, hops. They call you the Greek god of hops." That's what he said, right? Beer. <laughs> he's like, "Ha yeah, hops and beer have hops." Yeah. I'm trying uh, to find the quote because I remember I tweeted it when he was like. Um, here it is. I saw a long documentary today on the lunar landing on PBS. <laughs> <laughs> when was this? That was uh, 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 what's seven? That's July. That was July, July 20th, 2019. That was a uh, four days after he said it's getting late at 9 45. <laughs> I remember it's so funny yeah. because Nesson, like the entire crew at Nesson is so funny. They're all so much yeah. fun. And there's Dave. You see today, um, yeah, TC had a security detail of Will Middlebrooks and Lenny Donato in their suits looking around and they escorted him out. Yeah, I love it. That was that was awesome. That was the highlight of today. Yeah. They're probably, I feel like they're like the dynamic where like <coughs> after a game, they're all, oh my God. They're all hanging out in the Nesson studio, like having some pizza, laughing. And then Dave O'Brien's just like in his office, like reading like the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, everyone's having, it's a party out in the, on the right field studio. Dave walks in and he's like, lovely weather today, fellas. And <laughs> everyone just like silent drops their head. He's no like, one says a peep. What's the scuttle button here? I have this new poem you I just wrote if you're interested. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Will and Lenny, you rascals, I saw what you did today. You hooligans always up to your shenanigans. It was a dandy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. All right. On that note, we're going to wrap it up. Um, closing thought I have for you is just do more of the like baseball things well. Like do hit the ball, catch the ball. Throw the ball, do it all good, and then you win. So do that. Joe? Mine would be let's have fun. Just try your best. Yeah, because that didn't necessarily happen. Guys, coach is right. It's on us. It's on us. <laughs> we have to step it up. Who won the Red Sox would give that speech? I feel like it'd be like Ryan Brazier. He'd be like, Come on, guys! This is on us, and everyone's like, "I feel like I feel like like it'd be like they'd just be hanging out in the clubhouse, and then Caleb Ort out of nowhere would just be like, guys, it's it's on us!'" And then just it's just dead silent. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like he tries to be the motivational leader, and everyone's like, "What? Come on, guys! Do better!" And then Tristan Costas would be like. You guys ever eat like a pistachio and you think the shell is like part of your fingernail? <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's going to yeah. do it for this week's episode of the In the Dugout podcast. We'll be back next week after the Detroit Tiger series that we just didn't preview at all, but it's okay because, you know, you know what's going to happen. Um, so we'll see you next time on the In the Dugout podcast. Anything else? No, no. I, I couldn't right. think of something fun to say. <laughs>